If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Arab Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you. Spend some time. Talk about important issues. Look at the Parsha. Look at the time of the year. Try and understand the relevance of all of that. Try and understand how it affects our lives, impacts our lives, and how we ourselves can become better. And what a special Shabbos it is. The very last Shabbos of the year. And as such, our sages tell us, in a sense, it incorporates all the Shabbatot of the entire year. Can you imagine every single Shabbos that we've experienced the entire year somehow reflected in this one? And this is why it makes it so very special. In addition to that, normally we would be blessing the new month because, after all, Rosh Hashanah is not only the beginning of the year, it starts a new month as well, the month of Tishrei. But we don't bless the new month. In fact, the Baal Shem Tov tells us that God himself blesses this month. This month is so filled with possibilities, with an energy of tremendous blessing, that God blesses this month so that each and every one of us will be ensured to have a good, sweet, and wonderful year. And Elul, the month that we're in right now, this is the month that prepares us for all of that. In a week's time, a week from tomorrow, we'll be standing before the King of Kings. Tomorrow night a week, the first night of Rosh Hashanah. And while, of course, everybody is busy with arrangements, with this, that, and the other, we mustn't forget the spiritual significance of this holy time. It's a time that we have to, well, consider all sorts of other aspects of life. We stand before God. We ask for a Shana Tova a good and sweet year. We have to understand what is it that we really need, what is it that we should ask for, and how it is that we have to approach God, the King of Kings, at this time. I mentioned last time that each and every single month is reflected in the last 12 days of the month of Elul, beginning with the 18th of Elul, which is Tishrei, Each and every single day of the last 12 days of Elul represents another month. And interestingly enough, right after Shabbos on Sunday, the month that will be represented in Elul is the month of Adar. And one wonders, what possible relationship could there be between the month of Elul and the month of Adar? Elul is a time of reflection, of introspection, a time of Teshuvah, a time that we have to consider what we've accomplished, where we have gone wrong. It's a time of serious, serious self-examination. Adar, a time of incredible joy. Marbin besimcha, we add to our joy. The festival of Purim. How in the month of Elul can you have a day that represents the month of Adar? And the answer, of course, is Because as we know, the month Elul, the word Elul, is an acrostic. It represents all sorts of things. Elul, Anila Dodi Vidodi Li, I am to my beloved relationship with ourselves and God, and God is to me. And one of the things, one of the acrostics, one of the Roshet Tevot of the month of Elul is Ish Lereehu 
umatanot le'evyonim, which is very much part and parcel of the Purim experience. Ishlerei'ehu, we extend ourselves by giving food gifts to each other. And matanot le'evyonim, we give gifts and charity to those who are impoverished. This is what Purim is really all about. Yes, it's a time of great, great festivity. But how do we express that festivity? Through the acts of charity and kindness. Charity and kindness are not only gestures, well, being a nice person. It indicates a sense of unity. It expresses a closeness. And as I've often said, God looks down at his people, his children, and when he sees that his children are living together in brotherhood, in sisterhood, in unity. This is something that brings great joy to God himself. And this brings about an overture that results in great blessing from God to his children. This is the relationship between Adar and Elul, a very powerful and strong and significant relationship. But it goes beyond that as well. Adar is a month of joy. And we would think that the month of El is a joyless month. Introspection, reflection, teshuva, repentance. It's not a joyous experience, we would think. But our sages, particularly our Hasidic masters, talk to us about having joy within those experiences. It's not a sad month. It's, in fact, a time of great joy. Not only is the king in the field, but the opportunity of looking at ourselves and bettering ourselves. The opportunity of doing teshuva, of repenting, of returning to God. This is something which brings about a tremendous expression of joy within ourselves. To do teshuva with joy is an altogether elevated experience. When we do tshuva with a sense of sadness, it's morose. It really doesn't fulfill the ultimate purpose of tshuva. When we return to God with a sense of joy, with a sense of fullness, with a sense of excitement, this completes the expression of joy. In last week's Parsha, we came across those terrible, terrible punishments. And what does God say? Why do these things happen? Because you didn't serve me with joy, with gladness of heart. This is what God wants from us. Yes, even during the month of Elul, when we reflect, when we introspect, when we look at ourselves and perhaps we aren't so satisfied with that which we see, we must do it with a sense of joy, knowing full well that God will give us the forgiveness, the atonement that we truly need and desire. But it goes beyond that as well. Ish lere'ehu. We often make the mistake that when we look at ourselves and it's a time of reflection and introspection, we isolate ourselves. We are so consumed with looking at ourselves that we forget the people around us. That's wrong. At a time that we reflect and look at ourselves, this precisely is a time that we have to consider others as well. Not only as well, 
but equally as important as ourselves. Because it's only through the unity of Teshuvah. It's only by doing these things together in a sense of community that we are able to achieve what it is that we have to achieve. And this is why all language of asking for forgiveness is in plural. We do it together. El, yes, a time of introspection, a time of reflection. It's a time of joy. It's a time of sharing kindness. It's a time of reaching out. It's a time of creating unity. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. The Parsha, of course, as I mentioned, the double Parsha, and it's a Bim Vayelech, and as we open the Parsha, what a magnificent double Parsha it is. Special, because it happens at a special time. It's the final, well, the final day of Moshe's life. And we have to listen carefully to what he's saying, because he's speaking not only to the generation of the Jews in the wilderness about to enter into the promised land, but he's speaking to each and every one of us. And the Parsha that Savim Vayelech speaks about actually Nitzavim, which means to stand firm, to stand strong with fortitude. And Vayelech means to move forward, to go with a tremendous understanding of forward movement. And one would think that there is a contradiction in terms. How can you stand firm, resolute in one space, in one place, and at the same time move forward? But as we take a look at the opening words of the Parshim Nitzavim, what does it say? Atem Nitzavim Hayam Kulcham. You're all standing here this day. Before God, you're God. And then he begins to enumerate who it is that are standing before God. Your leaders, your tribes, your elders, your officers, each and every single member of the Israelite nation, your children, your wives, your converts, your water carriers, your woodchoppers, everyone. And the commentaries ask an obvious question. And the question is, once you say everyone is there, why is it necessary to mention all the ten categories? All the ten categories are, of course, contained within the word Kulcham, all of you. Kol B'nai Israel, Kol Ish Israel. Why mention all of them and then go on to enumerate each and every one separately? And the answer, of course, is Nitzavim Vayelach. There is a double instruction in the names of these two parshiot. Nitzavim Standing firm. Standing firm is the essence of our faith. The foundation of what we believe in, what we stand for. We stand for an absolute devotion to God, to His Torah, to His commandments. We believe with absolute faith. And this is the anchor that keeps us who we are. This is what kept the Jewish people throughout the ages, the foundation of our faith. At the same time, 
Vayelach. There's growth. There's development. There's forward movement. Intellectual growth. Emotional growth. Spiritual growth. But the only time you can have proper growth is when you are firmly rooted in a proper foundation. Once you have a solid foundation, then you can grow with absolute certainty that you won't wander off into areas that will take you away from that which you believe. Parents, what's the greatest gift parents can give children? Roots and wings. Roots, a firm foundation of where they belong. Wings, the courage, the ability to ultimately become independent. It's a great challenge. Comes often with tremendous difficulty. Sometimes parents overemphasize the roots and in a sense cripple their children. Sometimes they're a bit too liberal with wings and the children fail because they have no foundation. The Tzavim Vayelich talks to us about a healthy and powerful combination between the two. When we have that anchor, when we have that foundation, we move forward with a tremendous sense of confidence, of clarity, of certainty. Not every year do we have these parashiyot come together. Sometimes we read them separately. And there's a gap between the foundation and the forward movement. But more than often, as this year, we read them together. So we understand the incredible and absolutely necessary relationship between the foundation and the forward movement. And this is why, when we open the parsha of Nitzavim, Nitzavim says, all of you. All of you refers to the faith. Because no matter who you are, you can be a leader, head of a tribe, you can be a scholar, you can be an ordinary person, you can be a simple person, a water carrier, a woodchopper. Faith transcends all difference. Everyone has the same faith. It's super rational. It doesn't have difference in terms of category. From the highest to the lowest, faith is something which is constant. And that's Atem Nitzavim Kulcha. But when you have to take that faith and make it work, each and every one of us has a different role to play. Each and every one of us has a different character. Each and every one of us has a different duty to fulfill. There's a leader and there's a follower. There's a woodchopper and there's a water carrier. And it's not only in terms of social distinction and categories within community, but even within oneself, rooted within one's heart, within one's soul, is a sense of faith which keeps the entire person anchored. But when that person has to actually work with himself in order to fulfill the duties of heart and mind, 
to actually take God's laws and apply them to daily life. There are all sorts of differences. If the heart does the job of the mind, or the mind does the job of the heart, neither the heart will be fulfilled nor the mind will be fulfilled. If the eyes do the job of the ears, or the ears do the job of the eyes, a person will neither hear nor will he see. If the hands do the job of the feet, or the feet do the job of the hands, a person won't function properly. Each and every single category of the individual has to be trained to fulfill its specific duty. There is the overall center of the individual, which is all-inclusive. But then, of course, there is the individual specific area that has a particular character. And that character has to be fulfilled in a particular sort of way. And this is why the Torah enumerates. When it comes to Nitzavim, we're all the same. The essence of faith, the anchor of who we are, this is absolutely universal, from the highest to the lowest. But when it comes to Bayelach, when it comes to forward movement, when it comes to growth, we are all very different. And that difference makes us great. That difference makes us individuals and enables us to create the ultimate society based on unity. As I mentioned earlier on, Elul is a time of reaching out, creating a sense of unity. And unity is not an overwhelming sameness. Unity is having the same anchor, the same center, the same faith. But each and every one of us has a different role to play. And when we fulfill those specific duties as we should, the effect is overwhelming. The result is incredible. The result of unity that is created by so many individuals who contribute their own specific talent and ability. This is unbelievable. That's true unity. As one of our great sages says, the world was created for me. And he was challenged, what are you so self-centered, egotistical? Of course not, he said. But that each and every single individual has a role to play. And they contribute through their role to enable me to fulfill mine. Take, for instance, a piece of bread. There's a farmer. There's a baker. We can't all be all those things. We all have to fulfill a specific role. And all of us together create a tremendous, tremendous unity and wholeness. And this is why it's within this parsha that we have the mitzvah of Hakel, as mentioned so many times, the mitzvah of the great assembly that took place once every seven years following Shemitah, where the king would preach to the entire nation. 
all together, men, women, children, everyone. Because that was a time of great assembly. Every seven years, there was a time that people shared that which they accomplished. This is the great Vayakhel. This is the great Nitzavim Vayelech. This is the great unity. And it's within this Parsha that we are told how easy it is to fulfill all of that. Kikarov. It's very close to each and every one of us. It's not in the heavens. It's not across the sea. It's not so far. It's not so difficult. It's within us. It's within us, and we are able to achieve those great things. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We take a look at the second Pasha for a moment, Vayelach, Vayelach Moshe. And the actual passage doesn't tell us where he went. The commentaries tell us some pretty interesting things, though. Where did he go? Some say he went to the Bet Ulpana, to the study hall. It was the last day of his life. God informed him that this was the day that he was going to physically leave the world. Why was he going to the study hall? And the answer is Moshe was an exceptionally integral human being. And each and every single day he studied the Torah. Yes. Although he was the one after whom the Torah is called Torah Moshe. He studied the Torah every day. And even though this is the last day of his life, and he obviously had important things to do, the study of Torah was one of them. By Yelech Moshe, where did he go? He went to the study hall. Another commentary points out, By Yelech Moshe, where did he go? He went to each and every single tribe each and every single tribe to say farewell. Now one would think Moshe the leader, a highly respected and loved leader. It would have been appropriate on the last day of his life for the tribes to come and say farewell to him. But no. Moshe as a dedicated, loving leader whose entire life was dedicated to leading his people, to protect his people, to show love and devotion to his people. What does he do on the very last day of his life? He goes to say farewell to each and every single tribe. That's leadership. Leadership is not ego. Leadership is not seeking honor. Leadership is absolute devotion to those that you have to lead. That was Moshe. Moshe. Moshe gives us inspiration by indicating how he constantly moves forward. And where does he go? To the study of Torah. To share with people a final moment. We can learn from that. What do we learn from that? Every single day, we should be studying a bit of Torah. Every single day, we should reach out to someone else not necessarily to say farewell, but to reach out to someone else, to extend ourselves, to indicate that together we are one. On our own, well, whatever we accomplish, we accomplish. But together, 
what we accomplish is so much greater. And if each and every one of us, as mentioned earlier on, particularly in the month of Elul, would reach out and become a living example of what unity is, and when God looks down upon his world and see his children living in unity, can you imagine what kind of blessing that would evoke? The nachas we would give our Father in heaven. The amazing nachas. I mentioned before that while one would think all these things are so difficult, but they're not. There's a passage in this week's Pasha that says God will return with the exiles in the final days of Mashiach. And the commentaries point out that you'd say God will bring them back. What do you mean he will come back with them? And they explain the most amazing concept, that God himself is in exile with us. And this enables us to survive the exile. This gives us the strength. This gives us the ability to continue. This makes it easy for us. We're not on our own. We're not on our own that we have to kind of, well, in darkness, wonder what it's all about. Hashem, God is with us and enables us to walk through this darkness with strength and with clarity. Yes, it is exile and it is dark, but there is guidance, there is strength, there is the presence of God here. Not only the king in the field, but God is with us in our own situations, in our own difficulties, in our own challenges. God is here with us. All we have to do is open our eyes. All we have to do is open our hearts. All we have to do is what Moshe does, study a bit of Torah every single day, reach out to someone else every single day, and we will find godliness. Tomorrow night, so many of us will be going to shul around midnight to begin Selichot. The Sephardim have done this since the first day of Elul, Ashkenazim, only do it generally about a week before Rosh Hashanah. What is Selichot? We stand and we pray for, well, forgiveness. And we ask God in the last days before Rosh Hashanah to give us that which we need and to kind of overlook our shortcomings. Selichot's a precious time, a special time, a wonderful time. Whatever your custom is, whether you say it at midnight, whether you say it at break of day on Sunday, whatever your custom is, try and do it. And when you're in shul tomorrow, do yourself a favor. Watch each passage, listen to each passage of these two parshiot. They're very short parshas. It's avim short, vayelach is even shorter. Each and every one is filled with amazing insight. And as I always say, listen carefully to the one that speaks to you. There's a message, a real message, a powerful message, something that talks to what you need to hear. We don't bless the new month tomorrow. God does that for us to ensure that each and every one of us should have a kativa a good, sweet, wonderful year filled with joy, filled with nachas, filled with blessing in every sense of the word, materially and spiritually. We should approach God with a happy heart, each other with a happy heart. In the fullest sense of the word, Shana Tova, Good Shabbos.